If you don't guard the borders of your spiritual life, you're heading for a fall. Let me ask, are you paying attention to the weak areas of your life? Let's talk about it next on Moody Presents. Guard your heart, protect yourself, because if we fall asleep at the wheel, we find ourselves, our lives being invaded by things that are destructive because we did not check the borders close enough in our life. Welcome to Moody Presents with Mark Job. He's president of Moody Bible Institute and senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. Well, with the convenience of the internet and access to every kind of instant information, the guarding of our lives has become more difficult than ever. Wow, what screening process, if any, do you have in place for your kids, your house, your finances, yourself? Well, if you wanna grow, let Moody Presents help you secure the borders of your life. Today, Pastor Mark addresses this challenge in part two of his message on the topic. If you'd like to revisit any of our past broadcasts in this series, Rebuilding, based in Nehemiah, head to moodypresents.org. That's moodypresents.org. Now, here's Pastor Mark Job with today's Moody Presents. Now, your nine-year-old can get on a laptop computer and within three clicks can be on a free internet pornography site that has graphic images that used to be only accessible in some dark adult bookstore and now within the click of a couple mouses can be accessible to your eight or nine year old unless it's monitored. Are you tracking with me? And you see a lot of parents, here's what I wanna say, if you can't monitor it, don't buy it. Well, you know, I, I, I trust them. Oh. And you're, you're gonna trust a 10-year-old with curiosity to have unmonitored access to the website where people oftentimes, if you're not careful, those pop-ups that are solicitating. Listen, you're in for a rude awakening. And I'm saying it's your job as a parent to monitor what comes in your household. And it's your job as a parent to begin to protect your children from what they can be exposed to because you are guarding your borders. Are you tracking with me? You're guarding the borders of what are are coming in and it is your responsibility to make sure because you are the one that God has entrusted with the security of the borders of your own household. And if you're not careful, the borders of your own household can be easily breached unaware by technology. Now, I, I love technology, and I, I believe technology is neutral. It can be used for good or evil, and, and, and I don't think I'm not bad-mouthing technology, but I believe that all technology needs to be monitored. And if you have children at home, you need to be monitoring the technology and the waves that come in and out of your household. You need to be securing the borders. You say, well, pastor, I'm not married. I'm just a single guy. Then great. You need to be watching your heart. You need to be watching what your eyes see, what you are exposed to. You need to be watching what comes in your house and what goes out of your house as well, especially when you are rebuilding because when you are in a process of rebuilding, you are most vulnerable. Uh, Let me give you another illustration of this. I'm talking about securing the borders. You say, pastor, praise God. I've been sober for three years, hallelujah. I haven't drank and God has delivered me. I'm walking as a clean man and I used to be an alcoholic and used to go out to drug addiction, but whoa, I'm a changed person. That's great. Praise God for that. But let me tell you something. Just because 
you haven't gone to the bottle of alcohol in three years doesn't mean that your borders don't need to be secured. So if you tell me that you're going to go hang out in the old neighborhood and go into the old bar and hang out with your old drinking buddies and you're going to sit there and have a glass of 7-Up while they're all having a glass of whiskey or Jack Daniels and you're just hanging out with the old boys but you're not going to go there because you're delivered, I'm going to tell you, listen, you're not guarding your borders very closely. Because I've had people come to me and knock at my door at 2 o'clock in the morning and their eyes are bloodshot and they're slurred in their speech and they say, Pastor, I don't know what happened to me. I know what happened to you. You didn't guard the borders. If God is rebuilding something in your life, guard the borders. You secure what's coming in and out of that, uh, 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 of your environment and the more vulnerable you are, the more you're growing, the more you need to watch your borders. You say, hey, I used to be a player. I used to be out there. I used to be, God has delivered me. I'm walking in abstinence. I'm a man of integrity. I'm a man of God. How long have you been that way? Six months. Well, great. I'm glad it's been six months. But listen, you're not confident. Guard your borders. Oh, no, pastor, I would never fall again. You know, I can, hey, that old girlfriend calls me up. I used to be involved with her. I can go to her house. I can hang out. We can hang out for a while. Hey, not me. I'm not going to fall. Guard your borders. Don't assume just because the wall is built that you're strong. You need to guard the borders because people that don't guard their borders fall. Uh, just a word for parents, by the way. Our goal should not be to try to be like everybody else. And I have two teenage kids who are sitting right over there. And I have, uh, I have a little eight-year-old. And, you know, oftentimes, how many of you parents ever have your kids say, well, everybody else does it? <laughs> Anybody here ever have your kids say, well, you're stricter than everybody else? You know, if you listen to your teenage kids, you would think that most parents just kind of you know, give the keys of their car to kids that don't have a license. They say, I go out, you know, drive, drink, whatever, no, no limits, no time frames, do whatever, because, uh, because oftentimes there's this word, well, you're stricter than ever, everybody else. Here's my standard answer. I'm, I don't really care what everybody else is doing because it's not my goal in life to be like everybody else. I don't wake up in the morning and say, man, I want to be like everybody else. Whoa, I just, just... I want my family to be like everybody else. I want to be like everybody else. Listen, I believe that you need to set standards that reflect your values regardless of what everybody else is doing because the majority isn't always right. In fact, oftentimes the majority is wrong. And so if you want to have a family that's different from the majority of the families that oftentimes are getting divorced, falling apart, dysfunctional, then you need to operate in ways that are different than the rest of society. And oftentimes that will seem stricter than the rest of society. So don't be afraid of being different than the rest of society. And all the parents say, amen. amen. There you go. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says, Watch over your heart with diligence, for from it flows the spring of life. Or another translation says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Guard it. Watch it. We have the responsibility to be watchmen over our family, over our marriage, over our lives, and that's the responsibility that God has entrusted to us. Number three, I want to remind you that oftentimes our borders 
can be infiltrated more quickly, more easily than what we suspect. Oftentimes, our borders are subtly infiltrated. And I want you to notice that, number three, write this down. If you are going to secure the borders of your life, you must be willing to honestly assess your past history and current condition. In just a moment, we'll see how Nehemiah begins to assess everybody that's already in the borders. He takes a registry of everybody that's in the borders. He tries to find out their history. He tries to find out who's living there. He tries to examine their current condition and really know where they're at. Here's what I've discovered, that oftentimes our borders are not as secure as we think they are. And things can subtly infiltrate into the borders of our life without us being aware of it. And so we need to be on guard, we need to be watching, we need to be careful. In fact, a few years back, uh, we had an experience um, that, that, that kind of opened up our eyes to how unsecure our borders are really, our airport borders are. I, we were coming back from Spain a couple of years back, and my son Josiah, you know, we had gone by this sort of like uh, antique shop deal, and he had seen a knife in this antique shop deal that was kind of had this little carving in the handle that was like a Spain kind of thing. And he said, Dad, that's a, I really, really need a knife like that. And I'll just put it on my shelf and it'll be like a decoration there. And can we get it? It's like a Spain knife. And since his mother wasn't there, I said, yes, of course. And uh, <clears throat> I don't know. I probably had just read Wild at Heart or something in the book, you know, let a man be a man. And, so I said, okay. So he got this little, uh, I got him this little knife from Spain with a, like a four-inch blade on it, kind of a decorative knife. And um, on our way, when we were ready to come, head back to the U.S., Josiah's looking all over the room and can't find his knife. He says, Dad, I can't find my knife. Where is this? I'm going to have to. I said, you know, my, Grandma will find it. We were staying at Grandma's house. So we drive to the airport. This was a week after the bombings in London. There had, so, so the airports were in high alert, like red code alert. They were at super high security, really, really guarded at the airport. We go to the airport. We uh, go through the screening machine, put our luggage through the screening machine. They, you know, uh, make us go like this, take our shoes off, our chains out of our pocket, wallets out, everything, go through the screening machine, make it on the other side. I'm feeling, hey, this is a pretty secure place. Glad they're doing this. Long lines to get in there. We get on the airplane, and uh, we're like an hour into the flight, and Josiah looks at me and says, Dad, Dad, he pulls out a knife. He said, I found it. I said, put it away first. <laughs> he had found it in the side pocket of the little backpack that he'd brought onto the plane. It had gone through the, uh, it had gone through the x-ray machine, and they hadn't even noticed it. Four-inch blade in high security alert a week after bombings. I thought, well, that, maybe it was just Spain. Whew. And we were flying to London, so we get to the London airport, and, and we have to go in through a security control to get into the London airport now. And so my son says, what should I do with this? I said, well, just put it back where it was. If they catch us, we'll just tell them the truth. Hey, we didn't know. I accidentally, we brought it on. So we go through long, long lines. They're searching everybody, patting people down, having us go through these machines, taking our shoes off. Same thing. London, it's known for high security. 
We go through the x-ray machine. We make it on the other side. They don't catch it. So I said, I'm done with this. I'm not going through any more security machines. And so I, I, I go to the lady at the airport. And I said, excuse me, ma'am, you know what? We have a knife here that we'd like to, you know, kind of try to wrap, put into the luggage. She said, oh, now how did you get that knife into the airport? I said, well, you know, here's what happened. She was real nice. She smiled. She said, I'm going to call security. She called security. She said, oh, that's your story. He said, I'm going to go to my supervisor. Now we're at the supervisor. She said, oh, now what line did you come in? We told them the line. He said, I'm going to have to call the police. So pretty soon, here we are. Next thing we know, there's guys with machine guns surrounding us that look like a SWAT team. I kind of said, you guys are a little late, aren't you? I mean, shouldn't someone caught us while we were coming in? And I'm trying to report this knife, and now... The police are telling me, well, sir, this is an illegal weapon you brought in the airport. We need to arrest you. I said, arrest me? I'm trying to give you my kid's knife, and they're trying to arrest me. And finally, they let us go, you know, had us sign an affidavit and didn't let us keep the knife. But what it's taught me is this. I'm leaving there, and I'm flabbergasted at the fact that this four-inch knife Illegal weapon can make it through two security points. And I'm realizing this, our borders are less secure than what they, we think they are. That's Mark Job, and this is Moody Presents. Our current message series is called Rebuild, and we're learning from the life and work of Nehemiah. He knew the necessity of having a safeguard around the newly built city. And the same goes for our spiritual lives too, right? You know, if we're not paying attention... Our old ways of living, things that are contrary to God, can start to creep right back in. Mark will be back to finish today's message in a moment. For more on our program, go to moodypresents.org. There you can listen to any past broadcast. You can also share Mark's teaching with a friend or send us an email and let us know how God is using this broadcast in your life. Have you done that? Ever? If it's been a while or if it's been never, now's the time. Just a quick email would be really encouraging at moodypresents at moody.edu. That's moodypresents at moody.edu. You've heard us talk about the Moody Bible Commentary from Moody Publishers. You can pick up your copy half off when you become a Moody Presents partner at $30 a month or more. This is a terrific companion to our series on rebuilding. And if you've got a smartphone, Another quick way to access Moody Presents audio is by downloading the Moody Radio app. It's all at moodypresents.org. Here again is Pastor Mark Job with the conclusion of today's message on Moody Presents. Sometimes you think my borders are secure. And I'm going to tell you there's always sideways of getting into your life. And sometimes you're guarding the front door when things are seeping into your life through the back door. I mean, you say, hey, don't, hey, Pastor, don't worry about me, man. I got a refrigerator against the door. I got a locked up. But yet you got an open window in the back, backyard. And there's a lot of ways into your life. And what I'm saying to you is that the Word of God says, fall asleep at the wheel. We find ourselves, our lives being invaded by things that are destructive our lives being consumed by things that will tear us down because we did not check the borders close enough in our life. Let me ask you this. What is your 
screening process when you watch a movie? What determines whether you will watch a movie or not watch a movie? <clears throat> well, if it comes out in the movie, Pastor, you know, I figure it's okay. You know, I watch, wait, wait a second. You know, what determines, you know what, this is not good for me to watch or this is good for me to watch? What standards do you, do you have for your own viewing? What standards do you have for your children? By the way, parents, some of your kids aren't going to like that I told you this, but uh, parents, if you want a good website to screen movies, uh, uh, Focus on the Family has a website called Plugged In, and it has all the current movies, and you can, you can see a Christian review of the movie, and it'll give you everything like how many swear words there are in the movie, how many sexual scenes there are in the movie, what's the basic content of the movie. You know, we don't even go see a movie until we check something like that, because the ratings that, are, that, that our society gives us aren't necessarily good ratings. And I believe that we need to be cautious consumers of what we listen to, what we watch, what we see, who we hang out with. Why? Because we need to guard the borders of our life. Amen? And if you want another, uh, another sort of screening test, ask yourself this question. Ask yourself, if Jesus were sitting right next to you, would you be uncomfortable with it? Hey, if Jesus were there, sitting right there. Hey, Jesus, check out this YouTube. You know, would you be uncomfortable with certain things? And if you feel like you would be uncomfortable with Jesus sitting next to you, then maybe, just maybe, you need to screen that out of your life. Hello? I'm talking about checking the borders on our life. Lastly, and I'll close with this. Nehemiah says, verse 5, So my God put into my heart to assemble the nobles and the officials and the common people for registration by families. Now, it's interesting that Nehemiah says, And the Lord led me, the Spirit of God put on my heart to do what? To register people. To register people? Doesn't sound like a super spiritual thing to do. What was Nehemiah doing? Nehemiah was registering the people that were already in Jerusalem, and then he was studying their genealogical background. He was studying their history, and he was assessing, examining the current condition. The city of Jerusalem was depopulated. There are very few people living in Jerusalem. He wanted to repopulate it, so he had to examine what existed. He had, to, he had to do an inventory of the past, and he had to examine the present. Now, hear me well. If you're going to secure the borders of your life, you need to ask yourself this question. What is the condition of my life right now? What is the current condition of my life and what has led me to this point? What is the history and what is my condition? You see, I, I run into a lot of people that it's been a long time since they've been honest about their condition. Can I ask you, what is your spiritual life like right now? Well, honestly, what is it like? And let me ask you another question. How is it different than a year ago or two years ago? Is there any progress in your life? Is there difference in your life from a year ago, two years ago? Listen, you need to take responsibility for the condition 
for your, the condition of your life and the condition of your spiritual life. See, a lot of people, when I talk to them about their spiritual life and they're not doing too well, they tell me why they're not doing too well. They say, well, you know, I have a lot of friends and they're not, you know, I was in part of a home group and if he would just study more and get more into the word, I'd get more out of it. You know what? I just don't get into that worship or I can't go to this or the service time changed or I have a mother-in-law that nags me or my wife's always negative so I can't grow. Listen, no more excuses. The point is this. After you've examined your life and found out where you're at, When you stand before God one day, ultimately it's you and God giving account for your life. And the Word of God says that we will give account for our life. Every thought that we've thought, every word that we've said, we will give account for how we spent our life, what we lived for, what we've done with what God entrusted to us. One day we'll stand before God and give account for our life. And let me tell you what won't make the cut. God, I would have been a lot more faithful if my wife would have. No, that's not going to make the cut. Well, Lord, you know, I was really trying to follow you, but I had a neighbor that was real loud music. I couldn't have my devotions because he, no, 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 that's not going to make the cut. Lord, I, I really would have done a lot better, but I got sick for two weeks, missed my home group. No one called me, so I figured, forget about it. I'm not even going to go to that group anymore. Not going to make the cut. When you stand before God, God is not going to ask you about other people and how they did or what they did or whether they encouraged you. God is going to ask you to give account for your personal life. What about you? And so I think we need to start at this stage of our life, beginning to take responsibility for our life, regardless who you're married to, regardless of your job environment, regardless of your history, whether your dad took you to the ball games or not, Regardless of how much healing needs to happen in your life, all those things are legitimate, but ultimately, you're going to give response for your life. So now we start taking responsibility for our own life and our own action. Now, why don't we say this all together? All right, don't say it yet. I'm going to ask you to say, I take responsibility for my spiritual condition. Okay? We got it? I'm going to count to three, and we're going to say, I take responsibility for my spiritual condition. At at, at the count of three, you're going to say that. One, two, three. I take responsibility for my spiritual condition. Now we're going to go a step further. I want you to turn someone that's beside you, behind you, someone that, and look them in the face and say, I take responsibility for my spiritual condition. Listen, that's a powerful thing. You are the guardian of your borders. God has entrusted you with a life. God has entrusted you with your responsibilities, with your own heart now. And the sooner you start taking responsibility for your own life, for where you're at, the better you will be. If you're not growing, then here's the question. Then what are you going to do to change that? If you're stuck right now, here's the question. Then what are you going to do to get unstuck? Don't say you're just hanging around waiting for life to happen for you to get unstuck. No, what are you going to do to get unstuck? 
What are you going to do to start growing? What are you going to do to get out of that binding habit? What are you going to do to let go of that resentment? What are you going to do to build up a stronger spiritual life? What are you going to do to get closer to God? What are you going to do to get your heart right with God? What will you do to take personal responsibility for your spiritual life? Because ultimately, listen to me, you are responsible for you. Amen? One final challenge to secure these borders of our lives that are vulnerable. Thanks, Pastor Mark Job. This is a much-needed message. I know I need it in my life. You should know that Pastor Mark's series is titled Rebuild, and you can visit moodypresents.org to listen again or share with a friend. Again, that's moodypresents.org. Next week, we continue our verse-by-verse study in Nehemiah with a message titled Experiencing Grassroots Renewal. And we're going to enter chapter 8 with a challenge. Get this. Unless the spiritual part of your rebuilding is renewed, then your rebuilding is in vain. After all, it doesn't matter what huge rebuilding project you do in your life unless, unless there's a spiritual component. And it's a top priority. Well, everything else has no meaning by contrast. If you listen to one message in this series, boy, make sure this one is it. The rebuilding is not completed until God gets a hold of your spiritual life and heart. And whether you join us here on the radio or you listen online, do join us next time for this very, very important message. For Mark Job, I'm John Geiger, and Moody Presents is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Sure glad you listened today. Thanks. Thanks.